And I just want to start off by thanking God and, and praising God for mothers. Uh, I know we like to honor the mothers today, and I'll do that in a second. But I want to praise God for giving us mothers, uh, for the way that he designed the family uh, and the way that he knew we would, we would need mothers, we would need that very special person in our lives. And I just want to thank God for that. Now I want to thank you mothers for all that you do. Um, we'd be lost without you. Um, and my mom especially, thanks mom for all you did for me, for uh, your love for God that you passed down to your children and you, you trained your, your children in. And uh, I could give you stories and stories and stories of the way that, that my mom shared her love for God with us children, and we had a long drive to school, about 25, 30 minutes every day, and she would put Bible verses to songs, and we were always learning God's Word, and I'm just so thankful for her as a mom, and uh, so happy Mother's Day, Mom, and uh, I get to do that because I'm the pastor, so. <laughs> uh, and then I want to thank God for the, the wife that he gave to me to be the mother of my children. I am so thankful for her passion for God, and, and uh, she homeschools the kids, and uh, she gets to be with them all day, and, and me observing from a distance, I get to see her pointing out things in creation, that God made this, or God did that, and just every opportunity is a teaching point, not just for math or science, but the fact that there is a, a God, and uh, just the, the doctrine she's able to teach to our kids. I'm so thankful for her, um, and for the mom and the wife that she is, um, I've, been, I've been so blessed with the, the women that God has placed in my life. Uh, so today we're in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3, um, not really any series that we're in right now. I'm going to confuse everybody going through six series at the same time, uh, but we're going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 3 today. And what I want to give you is I want to give you a snapshot of Timothy. You've heard of Timothy. There's two books in the Bible written to him. Paul writes these books to Timothy, giving him some instruction. Uh, we know about Timothy that he was a hero of the faith. Uh, he was Paul's disciple. He was Paul's friend. He was Paul's co-laborer. Um, he was a constant companion with Paul for, they estimate, around 15 years. He was a faithful minister of the gospel, and he was a faithful follower of Christ. And you might be wondering, why are you talking about Timothy? It's Mother's Day. What are you doing here? Uh, Where would you come up with this stuff? Um, and I have some, some funny stories about looking for different uh, messages for today, but I'll save those for later because I found some really bad material out there uh, for, for Mother's Day. Um, and I just I came back to this passage, one of my favorite passages. We'll go back to chapter 1, and, and you'll see where I'm going with this, how this has anything to do with Mother's Day. Uh, but I believe that God used Timothy's mom and his grandmother to help train and mold him into the man that he became. Because we can look at Timothy and say, wow, I mean, what a great follower of Christ. But there was a mom and there was a grandmother behind the scenes. From his early years, from his early childhood, he was trained, he was edu educated in the word of God. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 5. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, so Paul talking to Timothy, talking about the faith, the real, the genuine faith that's in Timothy, 
But he says, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice. So he says, before you had this faith, your mother and your grandmother had this faith. And then he finishes up verse 5 with, and I am persuaded that in thee also. So Timothy's grandma and his mom had this real, this genuine faith, and they helped pass it on to Timothy. Timothy had a mother and a grandmother that invested in him and instilled uh, trust in God in Timothy. God's design is for parents to train their children. That's not a news flash. That's not shouldn't be anything new to you. Um, God's design is for parents to bring their children up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord, to teach them God's words. Timothy's situation, however, was not ideal. We talked about his mother and his grandmother, but his father, from what I understand, from what history tells us, was, was a pagan Greek man. So the responsibility fell on his mother, and his grandmother stepped in. So ideally, mom and dad help raise children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We understand this stuff from Scripture. But Timothy's situation wasn't ideal, but we still can look at him down the road and we can see him being, being faithful and having this love and this passion for God. His mother stepped up and trained him. Timothy's grandmother did as well, and God used them in a great way. And I'm going to build this case from chapter 3, from what we know of chapter 1, but let's pray first and then, then we'll get into the message. Dear Father, I thank you so much uh, that we can spend some time together, that we can sing uh, wonderful praises to you, that we can sing about uh, your redemptive plan, that, that we can consider the, the perfect, sinless, shed blood of your Son that covers our sin, that gives us the opportunity, opportunity to be declared righteous before you. I thank you for the salvation that you offer. I thank you for your goodness. I just thank you for this time that we have together. Please help my thoughts to be clear. Please help my words to make sense. I pray that you'll just work uh, in our hearts in this time together. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, we see Timothy had genuine faith. That faith was first found in his mother and his grandmother, and they instructed him in that way. And what I want you to think about is, are you displaying genuine faith? We see it, and we can look back at Timothy, and we can see that he got that from his parents. But I'm wondering, because I want to make this real today, I just don't want to look back at a story and say, wow, great story, you know, thanks for telling me a story for half an hour. I want us to look back and consider these principles, these, these things that we see working out, the way we see God's plan working, are we demonstrating this genuine faith? Because we have an opportunity, we have a privilege, we have, I would say as believers, we have a responsibility to be aware and to be active in sharing our faith, in sharing this, this genuine faith that we have from God. And I just want us to consider because, yes, it's Mother's Day, yes, we're talking to moms today, but it applies to all of us, the fact of, of sharing this genuine faith. And you say, I'm a grandma. Well, do you have grandkids? You say, I don't have any kids. Are you around other people that you can share your genuine faith with? 
I just consider that with me today. Second Timothy chapter three. Let's look at verses one through nine. And I have so much. There is so much to cover today. We could be here for two hours, but I won't do that to you. Um, the first nine verses I just want to read. And I'll point out a few things. And we're just going to go kind of quickly, but it'll still probably take a little while. So 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 1, we'll just read through 9. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Some of this will sound familiar to what you see around you today. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith, but they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifested unto all men, as theirs also was. There's like six sermons in there that we just read through quickly. But Paul tells to, and I'm, I'm telling you this because I want you to see Paul giving Timothy this warning. Paul telling Timothy what's around him, what he's going to face in his ministry. These books, First and Second Timothy, are instruction books to Timothy. So Paul is giving him warning here. He's letting him know what's coming. Could you imagine Timothy like looking forward to your, your future ministry and this is what you know is coming? Kind of discouraging, right? It's going to be awful and people are going to be awful, right? I mean, that's, you see that. But that's what's coming, Timothy. And what we, what we see here is we see a result of sinful people following sinful desires. It sounds like the world that we live in today. Did any of those attributes of the world today jump out to you as I was reading through them? It's like, wow, that's like watching the news. In a 30-second clip, you see all those things. I read those verses because I wanted you to see the conditions that Timothy would be ministering in. There would be challenges, there would be obstacles, there would be discouraging times, there would be discouraging people. Sounds like real life. Paul is not trying to scare Timothy away He's trying to warn him. He's trying to give him instruction. Also, that is the world that Lois and Eunice had prepared Timothy for, or would be preparing Timothy for. It's a scary thought to think of the world that we are preparing our children to live in. I mean, is it? I mean, just think of your kids. And some of you have already let your kids go out into the world. But as young, young parents, which there's quite a few of you in this room, to think of your child being 18 and gone to face this horrible world, this 
sinful, sin-filled world? It's a, it's a sobering thought to think about. Look, let's move on. Chapter 3, verses 10, and, 10 through 12. Paul talking again to Timothy. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. So we see Paul here saying, Timothy, you know me, you've been around me, you know what I've done, you know how I've ministered, you know who I am, you know how I've been treated, and he tells him, you know all that stuff, and guess what, you can expect the same. And then to future believers who will live godly, you can expect the same too. All that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. It's not going to be a pain-free, easy life. Then besides all of that, as time goes on, look at verse 13. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. So as time goes on, hurtful evil men, imposters, those declaring fallacies will advance and increase, promoting more and more evil. They will be deceiving. They'll be leading people astray. And they themselves will be deceived. They will be passionately promoting something that they think is right. But they will be deceived and they will be deceiving others. And can't you see that stuff in the world today? People passionately pursuing a cause. Pursuing some, some fallacy, some false religion. And they're pursuing it, trying to drag everybody with them. And they'll make fun of anybody who believes in God or who believes in God's word. I mean, go sit in a, a class at a, at a public university today and try to talk about God and see how that works out for you. This is true. This is happening. There's deceivers. There's people leading people astray. And we could go into all those different words and, and we could see the, the definitions of those people who are deceiving and they're passionate about what they're doing. But they're leading people astray. There is no truth behind what they're doing. With all that being said, happy Mother's Day. <laughs> it's not really a fluffy, feel-good passage of Scripture. But I want us to be aware of the importance and the urgency of passing on truth. There's so much pulling at, at children, at teenagers. So many different opinions and ideas. And this was warned about. Paul warned Timothy about this a long, long time ago. And there's nothing new under the sun. It's still here. And it's bad. And it's pulling at our children, at our families. That was the world that Timothy lived in. And it hasn't improved. Paul just gave Timothy the warning. 
Look at verse 14 because now Paul is going to give him some, some instruction, some direction. He says, hey, it's going to get really bad. It's going to be awful. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. So Paul tells Timothy, yeah, it's bad, but continue. Continue means to abide, to dwell, to remain, to stand. He tells him, you've been given this, this truth. Stand in it. Don't be led astray by those deceived teachers, deceiving people, because they're themselves deceived. They're blind leading the blind. Stand firm in the truth. He says, in what you have learned or been taught, what you've been assured of. That word assured is talking about to render trustworthy. So Paul tells Timothy, you have been trained in the truth. You have found it to be trustworthy. Don't forget it when times get tough. Yes, life might stink. You might not like where you're at. That doesn't mean you should turn and start looking for something else. Stand firm and trust in the God, the true God, the one and only God that can deliver you from that situation. Paul says, you know what I've been through. And guess what? God delivered me from all of it. And think of Paul's attitude because we know what he went through. I would call that a rough life. Getting beat and stoned and imprisoned and, and dying for a cause. Paul's view on it was God delivered me from all of it. God had a plan for me. God executed that plan. And I was happy to be in the middle of God's plan. Through all of it, God brought me through, Paul says. When verse 13 happens, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived, stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. That's referring to Galatians. Stand fast in Christ. Look at verse 14. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. So Timothy could confidently stand in what he had learned, knowing who it was that had taught him. He had been taught the truth of God's word by people that consistently lived out God's word. And yes, they made mistakes. Yes, Paul made mistakes. Did you know that? Paul was a sinner. Paul made mistakes. Paul's grandma and Paul's mom made mistakes. They were sinners too. But they gave this, they left this legacy of teaching Timothy truth and living that truth out. Not just do what I say, not what I do. Ever said that? Ever heard that? He had these people in his life that lived out what they said. And just a free comment here. We're not doing our children any favors by teaching them one thing, but living out another. Hey, hey, kids, love your mom, respect your mom. But then as dads, we show something else at times. Or kids, be honest, and then they see us not being honest. We're not doing our kids or those around us who are discipling any favors by saying one thing 
and doing another. And I love here the picture that we get from this passage. Eunice and Lois recognize the corrupt state of the world. They recognize the truth and the reality of God's word. And they were willing to train and to prepare Timothy for the wicked world that he lived in. Because you can know, yeah, it's a pretty awful world that we live in. And it's scary to think about my kids going into it one day. But we can't just put the blinders on and and live in fear. We're to prepare our children. We're to prepare those around us for the world that they're facing with God's truth. Their guide to train Timothy was God's word. Look at verse 15, first part of verse 15. And here's how I tie these together. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures. That word child there is talking about an infant, a very young child. So the people around him when he was a young child would have been Lois and Eunice. And the Bible says from a child you were taught the holy scriptures. It would have specifically been the Old Testament because that's what they had at that time. But they were able to teach Timothy from the scriptures. And those truths were able to help Timothy as he moved forward. Lois and Eunice took the time and the effort to teach Timothy the Bible from the time he was a small child. And I want to encourage us to make the truths of God's word a part of our everyday life. So many opportunities that we have every single day to share God's truth with those around us. You know, I love looking at the stars and and talking about with my kids, God created those. Like, try counting them. God knows where they are. God knows how far they are away. God knows everything about them. God knows whether Pluto's a planet or not. (laughs) Right, little confusion there between people. So many opportunities to teach our kids or those around us God's truth. And we can even do it at, at work with coworkers. When situations come up, use that as an opportunity to share your faith. There are so many chances every day to teach principles, to teach God's truth. I just want to encourage us to use every opportunity And don't assume it's anyone else's job but yours to train your children. You could say, well, they go to church every Sunday. Like, they should be good. The world's there 24-7, 365. Half an hour in Sunday school is not enough to train our children. Look at the second part of verse 15. which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So do you see the power and the impact that God's word has to lead to a saving faith in Christ Jesus? God's word makes the need for a savior very clear. Even if they taught Timothy the Old Testament, You can see from the Old Testament that we are incapable of perfectly keeping God's laws. Or they could have just used Exodus 20. And Timothy could have seen that he was a sinner. 
That's the Ten Commandments. Timothy would have known he was a sinner because we break them all. God's word points us to the fact, to the truth, to the reality that we are incapable of being righteous with God on our own and in our own strength and in our own power. God's word reveals to us that we need something more than ourselves to be right with God. And God's word shows us that there is a Savior that loved us, that died, that shed his blood on that cross to pay for our sins. And he rose again, being victorious over death, giving us the opportunity to be declared righteous before God. The gospel is through the whole Bible. And the scriptures point us to our need for a Savior, and then they show us the solution to our sin problem. And it's by faith, through God's grace, through Jesus Christ, we can be declared righteous because he paid our sin debt. I'm so, so thankful for that. The Bible makes the need for a Savior very clear. Romans 10, 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. God's word shows our need and the solution to our need. I want you also to see the trustworthiness and the profitableness. I'm not sure if that's a word, but we're going to use it, of God's word. Verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So all scripture, that's talking about the canon of scripture, the 66 books of the Bible are inspired by God, speaking of the scriptures being God-breathed. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. The Bible is God's words. He used men to write them down. And we can have complete confidence in God's word. Can I trust God's word? Yes. It's God's word and he has preserved it for all eternity he's preserved it that thought blows my mind about God being able to preserve his word through all the persecution that it's faced it's been attacked and burned and and it's still here we still have God's word because it's God's word and it's trustworthy God's word is truth God's word is trustworthy. So Timothy could put his confidence in God's word. God's word is also profitable. It's helpful, it's advantageous, it's beneficial, um, and it's sufficient. It says it's profitable for doctrine. Doctrine is talking about divine instruction, what we should believe and how we should live. Um, the guidebook for our lives, if you will. Then it's profitable for reproof. Reproof is talking about conviction. You know when you read God's word and it's like it reaches off the page and smacks you in the head? That's reproof. That's showing what we need help with, where we fall short. And that's what happens when you're exposed to the gospel is that, whoa, I, I need something. I'm incapable on my own of, of being right with God. And that's, that's the conviction part of it, us understanding that we need a savior. Then Bible's profitable for correction. Shows us what's wrong, and then it shows us how to fix what is wrong. Isn't that nice? 
God just didn't say, hey, you're a huge embarrassing failure. Good luck with life. Yes, there's a problem. Yes, we're sinful. But God gives us a solution. And it's his son, Jesus Christ. The, the Bible is positive provision for those who accept negative reproof. Did you catch that? The Bible is positive provision for those who accept negative reproof. What am I saying? When we accept what God's word says, then we're able to be corrected. You can read it and say, yeah, that's a problem for everybody else. I don't have the, I'm not a sinner. I don't, I don't have those problems. Or you can look at it and say, yes, I am a sinner. I do need help. And then God says, well, here's the solution. Think of uh, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Uh, there's admitting there's a problem. There's turning it over to God. And then God forgives because God can forgive because the penalty for our sin has been paid for by his son, Jesus Christ. And then it says it's profitable for being an instruction in righteousness. You can see why Paul tells the church at Colossae, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. The Bible is profitable. It's not some archaic book that should be stuck in a museum somewhere. It's profitable and it's relevant for everyday living. You can see why the psalmist says, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. Are we teaching God's words? Are we teaching principles from God's words to our children? Are we sharing God's word with others? And then verse 17. That the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. So God's word helps us mature and it helps us obey. We can look at Timothy's life and we can say, wow, he was, he was faithful. Wow, he did a good job. He was a good follower of Christ. He helped out in some churches. He was a good pastor. He did all these things. What a great man Timothy was. But I don't want us to overlook the fact that he had a mother that took the time to train him and to teach him. They instilled God's word in Timothy from a very young age. And maybe you didn't have a, a mother that raised you that way. But you're still here today. God still is able to work in you. And God is still able to work through you, no matter how you were raised. And we all have people around us that we can impact, that we can share God's principles with, that we can, that we can help disciple, if you will. God's word will prepare your children for the world they live in. It's relevant. God's word will teach your children the way of salvation. God's word will teach them what is profitable. And all of us in this room have an opportunity. We have a privilege. We have a responsibility. Let's take advantage 
of the gift that God has given to us. Because we all have the gift of relationships. We all have the gift of life, of interacting with other people. Let's use that gift and let's share God's truths and God's love and God's, God's principles. And let's encourage others around us. And just one more time. Maybe you don't have kids around you. Maybe your kids are grown up. Maybe you're a grandparent or an aunt or an uncle. We all have someone that we can come alongside of and encourage in the faith. We could all probably raise our hand and give 10 people. Whether you're 95 or whether you're 15. We all are in relationships. And we can take this principle that we find Paul helping out Timothy. And we can take this principle of Lois and Eunice helping out Timothy. And we can apply it today in 2016. And we can be encouraging others with God's principles. I'm, I'm just, the, to think of the responsibility is huge but I'm thankful for it. And I want to be willing to take advantage of every opportunity that God gives me with my precious children. They can be so annoying. I may have even said that out loud. They can drive you crazy. But if I'm mean, asked the grandparents in this room how fast your kids turn into adults. And my little baby is eight already. It goes so fast. We have a privilege, an opportunity to encourage our children in God's truths, in God's ways. Let's take advantage of those, no matter what state in life we're at. We have the unfailing love of God to share with other people. Let's pray. Dear Father, I thank you for your love and for your faithfulness and the way that you work um, in us, that you work through us relationally. I pray that you'll help us to be aware of those around us, of the opportunities you place in front of us. And I pray that we'll be faithful to um, to declare your truths and to promote your principles and your way. I thank you for the truth that you are, the truth that you have given. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I'm going to ask Ruth if she'll go ahead and start playing. And, and let's just take a, 